All right, welcome in. Bird Droppings episode 11. We're going to talk the college baseball super regionals that played this weekend. Two of them are still going, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. So here we go. All right, so this weekend we got a lot of college baseball. Uh, six of the eight Super Regionals are over. Uh, we started with number five, Texas A&M, handling their business somewhat quietly uh, over number 12, Louisville, going 2-0 and with a 5-4 win and a 4-3 win. Then we had number nine, Texas, going on the road to number eight TCU in a very hostile environment uh, that we talked about last week. Well, it affected them in game one when ECU won 13 to seven. But then Texas came back with a nine to eight victory in game two. In that game, ECU had a seven to two lead and collapsed. Texas got two in the bottom of the seventh, four in the bottom of the eighth. ECU answered back, tied the game up with two outs, down to the final out to keep the game alive, hit a solo home run to tie it up. Well, Texas came back in the bottom of the ninth and walked them off. Then in game three, Texas handled ECU fairly easily, 11-1 to in a game that lasted Daggum near nine hours, uh, thanks to an extremely long rain delay. Uh, so Texas and Texas A&M both advanced. Then we get the first really, really big shocker, and that is Notre Dame going on the road to number one, Tennessee. Game one, they jump on them, and Notre Dame's four home runs do just enough to outlast Tennessee's three home runs in an 8-6 to six victory. Of course, the big storyline of this game was center fielder for Tennessee, Drew Gilbert, arguing balls and strikes. Uh, if you look it up, it's not that hard to find it on Twitter. You had some lip readers out there that uh, looked at the slow-mo and saw the uh, expletives he threw at the umpire well, you can't do that in college baseball, and you especially can't cuss out. You can't argue balls and strikes, but you especially can't cuss out the umpire. So he gets tossed, and pitching coach Frank Anderson, who kind of has a tendency to kind of run out there and put himself in positions that he probably shouldn't put himself in, well, he runs out there to argue, and he gets tossed. Did that play a big part in the series to come? Um... Well, yeah, because Tennessee did bounce back in Game 2 with a 12-4 victory without Drew Gilbert. But then in Game 3, Notre Dame got it done, was losing the whole way. couple big home runs, got them a 4-3 lead, and they just kept adding against the Tennessee bullpen. 7-3 victory. And Notre Dame did what everybody thought was impossible, and they beat Tennessee. And now we can we can finally put to bed the talk of 
is Tennessee the greatest baseball team of all time? It's a stupid conversation to have before they win a national championship, but it was being had by people on social media, by media personalities. And we can finally say that that is garbage. Put it in a box, pack it up, put it away. Don't want to hear about it anymore. And But I will say, the fun part about so- social media with this Tennessee team is when they lost, they got clowned so hard by the whole country because everyone hates this Tennessee team. And Drew Gilbert getting tossed the way that he did kind of is on. I mean, that shows you exactly what what everybody thought. is like that's who, in the words of Herm Edwards, they are who we thought they were. They are that arrogant, brazen team that likes to step over the line, likes to likes to uh, disrespect their opponents, uh, really push the envelope. Um, much less big deal than Drew Gilbert getting uh, ejected and suspended for game two. You had Jordan Beck hit a home run in the, in one of the games and like ridiculously spiked his bat. <laughs> Some people loved that. I personally didn't. I mean, a, I'm fine with a bat flip. I really am, but there is some sort of a line. And if you're going to be that arrogant, starting with the head coach, who has done plenty to make people hate him, and you're going to let your team kind of run wild the way that they do, and then that fan base is going to buy into it the way that it has, and they're going to fight everybody on social media about it the way that they have, uh, like their own fan base literally had shirts this weekend that said classless versus Catholics. So they've embraced this. Well, if you're going to embrace this, like we said last week, it is College World Series or bust. It is National Championship or bust. Well, you went down in flames. You went down in flames. You didn't win the National Championship. You didn't even make it to Omaha. And everybody's dancing on your grave. And rightfully so. Because you were that team all year. You were that team that everybody hated. You were that loud team that made a big spectacle about everything. You were always in the news. You were always doing something controversial. And so when you lose, everybody buried you. And I will say, something that I looked up that was pretty interesting. The eight games leading up to the NCAA tournament... Tennessee had not allowed, or had allowed five or less runs in every single game. They had won them all. Well, in the NCAA tournament, the pitching was not as good as it had been because Tennessee allowed more than five runs in five of six games, and eventually it it caught up to them. It caught up to them when the pitching's not there and you're the team that blasts a million home runs, sometimes the home runs are not going to be enough. And that's what we finally saw. It caught up to them, and now they're going home. Or staying home, rather, because this was in their home ballpark, in the atmosphere that everybody thought was going to be the biggest advantage. And the team that they everybody thought didn't have a chance of losing to Notre Dame. But credit to Link Jarrett, and when you listen to his interviews, 
unbelievable coach has fostered an environment and a culture that creates a very resilient team that fought the whole way, and they deserve to go to Omaha. Now, what's going to be interesting, FSU this weekend fired Mike Martin Jr. Link Jarrett played at FSU. Boy, that's going to be tough for Notre Dame to keep him. And it's going to feel like they just got their heart ripped out if they lose in Omaha and 48 hours later, Link Jarrett's being announced as the head coach at FSU. Something to keep an eye on. Moving on. Next, Oklahoma went on the road to number four, Virginia Tech, and took the series two out of three games. They won five to four in game one. They lost 14 to eight in game two. And much like Texas, bounced back in game three, handled their business 11 to two. Two Big 12 teams are on to Omaha. Then in another series, we had Arkansas on the road at number 10, UNC. Arkansas swept them four to one and four to three, the walk off. And that one, if I'm a UNC fan, that one breaks your heart. Because back against the wall, top of the ninth inning, freshman pinch hitter ties the game. Incredible moment. And then you go to the bottom of the ninth, and Arkansas handles their business, and they walk it off. So the past two times UNC has hosted a Super Regional, an SEC West team, Auburn in 2019, Arkansas in 2022 have come into their building and beaten them and kept them from going to Omaha. And it it ruined the storylines on the broadcast because the broadcast was harping on how all these veterans for UNC came back, and the only thing missing on the resume was a trip to Omaha. Well, Arkansas took, took that from them. And if you listen to Scott Forbes, UNC's head coach after the game, he tells you that Arkansas is the opposite of that Tennessee team. He said that they play the game the right way. They play the game with respect. They keep their mouth shut, and they just do the, do their job, and they just beat you. And they and that is the team that very much deserves to go to Omaha. The irony there is Dave Van Horn, Arkansas's head coach. Well, where did Tony Vitello come from at Tennessee? He was an assistant for Dave Van Horn. And they were close at one point. Now they hate each other because they coach exactly polar opposite teams. But good for Arkansas going to Omaha. Next, Ole Miss, potentially the last team in the field. They got hot. They swept number 11 Southern Miss. 10 to nothing in game one, 5 to nothing in game two. They're only two shutouts of the season. That's crazy. All year, this this Ole Miss team has underwhelmed. And then they go to Hattiesburg, handle business, and what was supposed to be a really raucous and crazy environment, and it didn't affect them. And how about that? Ole Miss goes to Omaha for the sixth time, second time under Mike Bianco, which is interesting because you would think with the history and the support 
and the the talent level that Ole Miss has had year in and year out, you would think that Mike Bianco would have already been to Omaha more than twice. But he takes probably one of his worst teams at Ole Miss, and they're gone now because they got hot. I, I, I found a stat about them. In Ole Miss's first 43 games this year, they were 24 and 19. Five games over 500. That does not get you into the NCAA tournament. Well, they got hot a little bit down the stretch. They had a series sweep against Missouri, a series sweep against LSU. They lost two out of three to Texas A&M, but so does everybody now, apparently. Well, in their last 16 games, Ole Miss is 13-3. and Really, Ole Miss might be one of the two or three hottest teams going into Omaha, which is saying something. Also, it is so fitting that the final out for Ole Miss and the Super Regional is caught by their captain, Tim Elko. That guy has been the heart and soul of Ole Miss baseball for the past couple years, and I am glad that he is getting a chance to go to Omaha. But good for Ole Miss, a team that most people thought shouldn't have gotten in the tournament. Most people thought NC State deserved to be in over them, which NC State, brutal luck these past two years. But Ole Miss got a shot, took advantage, and here we are. They're going to Omaha. Or as Ole Miss fans would say, Omaha. So that's it for the six Super Regionals that have already been completed. So we have number five, Texas A&M. Number nine, Texas. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Ole Miss have all punched a ticket. One side of the bracket in Omaha is already set. Texas A&M, Texas, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. That's a really fun group of four. There's a lot of storylines there. A lot of Big 12 connections, and then Notre Dame thrown in there for fun. So we have two Super Regionals still going. Number two, Stanford, split the first two games with UConn. They lost 13-12 to in game one. They went to the bottom of the ninth, down 13-6, to and they hit 1,000 home runs and came up just short. And so that was, UConn tried their best to give that one away. Then they answered back in game two with an 8-2 victory. By the way, Bowser for Stanford, dude's been hitting home runs at a stupid pace right now. So keep an eye on that as we go into game three today. Then in Corvallis, number three, Oregon State, and number 14, Auburn, have split the first two. Auburn... One game, one seven to five, in a game where the starter goes two thirds of an inning. The bullpen goes eight and a third, allows one run. What an effort! What an effort by Tommy Sheehan, by John Armstrong, by Carson Skipper, and Blake Burkhalter. You get a Sonny Desharia home run, and you get a Bobby Pierce home run. Then in game two, Cooper Jerpy, one of the best two or three pitchers in college baseball, threw great. Shut down the Auburn lineup, specifically the heart of the lineup. 
And then Ben Fair, who, if you listen to the broadcast, I only said that he went to USC Upstate a thousand times. Uh, he came in and he was great too. And they snuck away with a 4-3 victory. And now we have game three today at 6.30 Central Time. What is fascinating, if you want to just watch something for the comedy value, watch how bad the camera work is in this series because it's hysterical. It's so bad. Like, pop fly to the outfield, cameraman makes you think it's going 500 feet. I mean, Bobby Pierce threw a guy out at the plate to keep the game 4-3 going to the bottom of the ninth. And you never saw the ball. It's it's hilarious how bad it is. Also, you had super weird interview with Pat Casey in the last game for about thirty five minutes. I mean, it was painful how long it was. They did the history of Oregon State baseball. It was it was insane in the middle of a close good game. But yes, eventually it was a couple errors by Auburn pitchers, and Oregon State having a couple more hits, there was the difference in the game. Auburn scored a couple runs on wild pitches, but it was the errors by the pitchers. The Auburn defense was great everywhere else. You had a diving play by Mike Bellow. You had a diving play by Cason Howell. Cason Howell, by the way, plays about as good of a center field that you'll find in college baseball. And he's been doing it for five years, however long he's been there. But, yeah, so that's where things stand with the other two Super Regionals. A couple other things that I have noticed with these so far. Home field advantage doesn't mean anything right now, apparently. We've had six Super Regionals wrap up. The home team is one in five with two still out there. I mean, Oregon State's having to pitch game three without their ace and their best strikeout guy out of the bullpen. And Stanford, I mean, Stanford's been Stanford. They've found themselves in weird spots all postseason. So potentially, I mean, that that could grow to three and five, or it could be as bad as one and seven. Overall, the home team is seven and 12 in Super Regionals. That's shocking, especially when you have environments like Greenville and Hattiesburg and Knoxville that you would think would have a significant impact. But they haven't quite yet. Maybe, maybe you get a couple wins by the home teams tonight, and all of a sudden that goes to 9-12. and 12. But either way, home field advantage didn't do much this year. Heck, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Ole Miss all went on the road for an entire regional and super regional and are in Omaha now. It just, it's been interesting to see that that hasn't had much of an impact. Additionally, the other big takeaway, the SEC is so good at baseball. The SEC already has three teams in Omaha and could add a fourth tonight. But the SEC had three series sweeps in the Supers. They lost one series. And another series they've split so far. The SEC's 8-3 and three in the Supers. And then also, I know it's 
They're Big 12 teams right now, but the two Big 12 teams are going to be SEC teams soon. So SEC baseball couldn't be trending in a better direction. I promise you, Mississippi State's not going to stay down. Vanderbilt's not going to stay down. Tennessee's going to stay up. And you're going to add Oklahoma and Texas. We're both in the College World Series soon. It's a fascinating time in the SEC for baseball. But yes, today we have the final two games of the Super Regionals. UConn and Stanford start at 3 o'clock Central Time on ESPN2. And Auburn and Oregon State start at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. So we will know the set field, hopefully before midnight. <laughs> These West Coast games have been going pretty late, and that Texas game last night went pretty late. So hopefully there's no delays or anything, and we can know the field before tomorrow. So that's something to keep an eye on tonight. I think that's going to do it for today. I'll be back later this week. Thank you for joining for Bird Droppings. Uh, See you soon.